0: Hello and thank you for downloading Attitudes of Sexual Integrity. My name is Russ Shaw. This is episode 66, Walking into Victory, Die Hard Style. Welcome. It is Friday, April 18th, 2008. And I wanted to dedicate this show to those of you who are picking up the sword. You're picking up the sword. You're in the fight. You're in the battle and you're doing something. You're 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 walking towards victory. You're you're expecting change. You know that change is inevitable and you are are walking towards it. You're walking towards where you want to be, right? That's that's who I want to dedicate this show to. And for all those of you who are still kind of checking this out, still kind of on the fence, saying, yeah, I don't know, you know, if I'm an addict or not, or maybe I can do this on my own, or um, wherever you're at, uh, I just uh, encourage you to listen, and hopefully I can... uh, Hopefully I can get through to you a little bit on what it's going to take to actually fight this monster, that there's going to be pain involved, that it's going to hurt a bit, that it's going to be like getting on a treadmill. Um, Life is pain, all right? Choose your pain. It's either, you know, you die of a heart attack from being a couch potato or you get up off the uh, couch and you... You know, you put on the gym shorts and you get to work. Um, I'm not talking uh, talking about exercise physically here. I'm talking about your heart, your soul, the core of who you are. Um, I've talked to some people recently, uh, recovery folks, a couple of different recovery people who've been in an SAA or SAAE or I I don't know, um, for for a number of years and uh still not having any victory, like small spurts of victory, maybe two or three months, and then back to the monster uh basically you know I, i'm not gonna argue uh recovery theology with you, which is what it is a lot of times is it's just kind of religious doctrine i I've learned um through doing this show and and through talking to people i've I've read and And um, responded to literally hundreds of emails since I started doing this podcast back in October of uh, 2005. And one thing that I kind of learned early on that, um, and it's kind of my prayer for you, that we would understand that this is not a moral issue at its core. Okay, it's not a behavioral issue at its core, it is a symptom of a behavioral issue. Uh, Basically, the problem is not morality, the problem is a heart that is unwilling or possibly unable to honor and glorify God. Now, I want to unpack for you what I mean by that, because I think that... uh, we can get, you know, kind of down on ourselves, like, I'm not honoring God enough, right? Like, but what I'm trying to say here is deeper than, than just religion or some kind of a religious idea. Um, honoring, glorifying God is is a place that we bring our heart, that we bring our, our motivation, the center of all of our motivation. Where do we bring that? What are we doing? when When we're worshiping, what does that mean? Because I think religious people have really jacked up this idea of what it means to worship, okay? Like it's the music at church or something like that. No, no, it's not. Um, The analogy that I want to give you is if you have a car, let's say you have a nice little sports car, and you smash it into like a pole, you know, you go to the gas station, they got the big cement poles at the gas station, you crunch it into the pole, right? And then instead of taking it to the body shop to get it fixed, you just you just kind of leave it. Well, it's not that big a deal. I got a kind of a dent on my fender, but I'm gonna deal with it. That's all right, you know, and you just kinda go about your life and then a little bit later, you know, a glare comes off that dent and you you can't see where you're going, you slam into a tree. And you're driving around this car eventually that's just kind of clacking and clicking and making noise and steaming and and, and that's your heart, right? Like what I'm trying to, to get you to understand this is just to erase religion for me for a second. Just take all your religious notions and, and just stuff them for a minute, all right? And, and check this out. Where are you going to take that car? Where are you going to take your heart is what I want you to understand. The greatest thing that I think about about uh, AA, um, you know, a- Narcotics Anonymous, Alcoholics Anonymous, Sexual, the holics Anonymous, um, Whatever, what, the greatest thing about AA is, is step one, all right? Realizing that you have a problem, first of all, that you're not in control of your life, that you have a problem and you are powerless over your addiction in your current heart condition, okay? Where you're at right now in your current heart condition has you powerless over your addiction, what I want you to understand is, what are you going to do about it? Are you going to keep smashing it into walls? Are you going to keep returning, bringing your... If you bring your dented up, beat up car to the donut shop, what are they going to do? Give you a donut? I mean, a lot of times, that's what we're doing. We're taking our beat up, smashed up, you know, you don't even know how, how far the damage goes in your vehicle, that is your heart, and you're taking it to the hair salon to have it fixed. It just doesn't work that way. You can't take your car to the hair salon to get the dents pounded out, or you could take your car to a a place where maybe they do the right body work right, and they, they get in there they do the body work on the surface, and then on the surface, everything looks great. like you got all the dents pounded out, but somewhere underneath you know you, you bent your frame, you know the frame of your car got bent, and you took it to a, like a, a a body shop, and basically they just did kind of a cosmetic deal, right? That's what I want you to understand by what I mean by glorifying God, our failure to glorify God. This is not a moral issue. It's our failure to glorify God. Our failure to glorify God is not understanding worship. It's not understanding where we take our car when it's smashed and beaten and broken. I'm talking to you addicts here. I'm talking to people with a jacked up heart. Where do we take our heart? Okay? We are worshipers. You worship all day long. You get up in the morning and you put your hope in something. Alright? Whether you believe in God or not. You know, you're about ready to turn off this podcast. I don't know, Russ. This God stuff. You're starting to talk about this God stuff again. That's right. Because at the core of who you are is a worshiper. Alright? One of the things about uh, AA and the, the success of AA is that the, the founders of it said there is a higher power. That you have to Get your focus off yourself and put it on something outside of you, a higher power that exists outside of you, okay? You're not one with the universe, all right? You're part of the creation, and and I believe that addicts realize this. If there's any blessing to being an addict, it's that you realize that you're not in control of your life, that your life is... Uh, unmanageable to a certain degree like you don't have control over it like it's unmanageable and you realize that it's like the matrix I love that that line from the matrix it's like a splinter on your mind you know there's something wrong with the world driving you mad like a splinter in your mind and this is a thinking I had an email from a listener who said this is a thinking disease you're thinking about it, you're justifying it do I really need to take my car into the shop well maybe not today well, I got the cosmetic part worked out, so it looks good. I'll drive it around because it looks good. You know, to see all that weird vibration? It kind of pulls to the right, and if I let go of the steering wheel, I'm in the ditch. But it looks good from the outside. I pray that we understand where we're taking our car, our smashed-up car. Learning victory is to understand that you need to take your, your vehicle, your heart, to a place where it's going to get fixed, where it's going to get restored. Where it's going to be redeemed, you have to take it to the right shop, right? Having a higher power is very ambiguous. I've said it before. If your higher power is a doorknob or something like that, you're 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 an idiot. You can't take your your smashed up, beat up car to the donut shop and expect it to get fixed, all right? You're going to take your car to some place that's paying their people minimum wage to to fix your collision damage. It's not going to get fixed right. That's what I'm pleading with you to understand. Just check me out. Argue with me. Fight with me on this. But listen here. Listen to what I'm about to tell you. Because listen, understanding God is understanding the very foundation of love itself. That love is the most powerful thing on earth. And that that's what we need to be building our future on. God comes into the creation missionally as Jesus Christ. And listen, when I talk about Jesus, when I talk about Christianity, I know that all this this preconceived Convictions about how Christianity sucks and how, you know, you don't, your hard time that you've had with Jesus in the past. I get it, alright? If we sat down and talked, I would probably agree with you on most of all of that stuff, alright? I agree. Christianity is probably one of the most jacked up religions out there. But Jesus came to bust apart religion, and that's what I want you to understand. God comes into human history as a man to redeem this creation back to himself it's a big part of the story that a lot of people miss and without that i believe that you know you just don't get it it's it's trying to wrap your mind around love when love is a heart issue the hardest part Of this battle is going to be bringing your your head and your heart together about getting the stuff that you know in your mind to be realized in your heart because that's when love takes over okay and that's why I talk about theology stuff on this show I talk about Jesus I talk about how how God came to earth as a man and and how much he loves us. Like the wrath of God is not being spilled out on you. A lot of the pain and a lot of the stuff that's gone on in your life, all right, that's not the wrath of God. That God is our Father who loves us, all right, a perfect Father. A lot of the relationships with God that get jacked up is by our own fathers. And we start to look at God as this guy that's out to punish us, that he's punishing us, that he's hurting us, right? This is not the truth. God loves us. He is a loving, merciful Father. He spilled out his his wrath on Jesus, okay? He spilled out his wrath on Jesus Christ for you. That's where God's punishment went. That's where God's wrath went. That's where the anger against your sin went. It went to Jesus Christ. On the cross, that's why the cross is so incredibly important that without the cross, there's no we can't not be redeemed back to God. I don't understand this this kind of theology that's out there that we can be God somehow. I think that that's um that's part of the brokenness of humanity is that we actually think that we can be God. And, and the truth is we can't. We're not God. We're imperfect. We, we, we fall short. God made us to glorify him so we could realize that we fit into this symphony that he's created. All right, He's not some megalomaniac, just worship me and I made all these creatures. He wants us to fit into his symphony and to experience joy through that. Okay, but that's, that's what, if there's anything I could get you to understand, it's that. That God is not after your begrudging submission, but after your joy, and that, and that he loves you. Okay, the punishment, the pain that you feel in your life is not God's punishment on you because you're a sex addict. It's because of some infection that got in your heart, that got in your soul, that infected your life. You know, I've talked about on this show how I've had demons in my life that just burnt everything down, okay? I, I let that in my heart. The the sexual addiction just about just burnt my life to the ground. I'm still married. Me and my wife are still working on our stuff. She still has pain. She still has the waves of pain that come through her every so often over my actions in the past. I'm still working through this, man. I've done horrible things. I'm an adulterer, all right? I was a big-time porn addict for a lot of years. I, I sinned against my wife. But I've also had victory. I've had two and a half years of victory. And I'm not ever going back to that man I used to be. I am never going to be the guy I was. And the reason I can say that, the reason I can call myself an ex-addict, is because I've learned my own heart, that I've, I've walked with Jesus into my own soul and into my own heart to figure out who I was and why I did the things I did, where I learned emotionally that 2 plus 2 was 5, Right? Where I've had to unlearn the things I've learned, the stuff I stuck to, just adamantly, just freaking out. This is what I believe. This is who I am, pounding my fists against the, you know, the desk. Like some spoiled, rotten person in a singing competition, right? It's the American Idol analogy. Just, I can sing, I can sing, you know, that kind of thing. And that's the stuff like that, these attitudes that we get in our heart, that we just think that, you know, the convictions that we get that we have to tear down sometimes and that's where you know reading the bible comes in understanding the bible letting the bible read you understanding that scripture as a christian scripture is my highest authority that i can get all mad and have my own convictions but ultimately um scripture wins right And I don't conform myself to scripture Like some, you know Some pissed off person But I understand that God's my father And he loves me And also understanding that God is my father and, And Jesus died for my sins Is not just this religious dogma It's not just this track that we lay down To believe something, right? Um that even if we get to the point where you know, like this morality-based religion, you know, even if we get to the point where we're doing all the law right, like we're doing all the things right, and we got all that down, then we become like pungent, self-righteous um, people who are are you know repellent in the eyes of God. This self-righteous pride is is repulsive to to our our friends and our neighbors. That that is not living it out. That's not, you know, Christianity. That's not victory. That victory is understanding that we're on a journey and that we're never going to be perfect until we die. That we're always going to have this holy disconnect. That we're always going to be discontent with our, our flesh and its current state but getting past our addictions is, is getting past the things that seem to really own us. And that goes right down to worship. Um, and that's not about religion. Okay. And I, I hope you can understand that because that's one of the things that I get email on that a lot of people have a hard time understanding. Um, let me, uh, let me put it this way. There's two religious people in my country right now living in the United States here. And, uh, the new pope, Pope Benedict, has come into the country and stirring up a lot of talk. There's just a lot of talk over religion here in the Seattle area. The Dalai Lama was here. He just left on a, a something called the Seeds of Compassion tour, and uh, so th- there's been a lot of religion and and. You know, I know that there's a lot of Catholics that listen to this show, too, and I'm not trying to uh, step on your toes or anything. I understand that there's Catholics that are listening that have a heart for Jesus, that that know Jesus, that, uh, you know, do the Catholic stuff because their heart is there. But uh, religion is is another thing. I, I guess what I want you to understand is... Seeds of compassion, for example, um, a lot of times, basically, religion, default mode of religion, is its karma, that we either go to, you know, people get what they deserve, or I get what I deserve, or God, you know, on the on the Christian side, God is, I got to make penance for my sins, um, I got to pay God back somehow, I did something wrong, God is angry with me, so I got to make penance, I got to earn my way back into his favor, that's just not how it works okay one of the things that bothers me about um the dalai lama for example um i the guy's got a lot of great stuff to say i respect a lot of his ideas i respect that he has a heart for people and stuff like that but at the at the core of religion is um you know this look at people like they get what they deserve and, and nothing plays itself out in a worse way than, you know, this karma based religion, because it basically looks at another person and says that person is suffering. That first person is dying. That person is hurting. They need to work out their karma. And they walk away. Right. I, I'm not going to reach in and try and help that person because they need to work out their karma. Okay, And I'm not just talking to the Buddhists here, all right, or the Hindus. I, I'm talking to the Christians as well, because Christians can have this attitude. Okay, Jesus came to break apart religion. And I hope I, I tried to explain that in the last show. I don't know how well a good uh, job I did. But basically, Jesus tells the story of the Good Samaritan. All right. Okay, the Good Samaritan is not a religious story, all right? The religious Jews would get pissed off about Jesus when he would talk about stuff like the Good Samaritan, okay? There's a guy, he's laying in a ditch, he's hurt, and the Jews walk by him, and I'll pray for you, brother. See you later, you know? He'll work out his karma. He must have did something wrong to be in that place. This was a huge belief among the, uh, the Jews in the first century. Like the lepers... The reason when they were lepers, the Jews figured, was because God was punishing them somehow. Okay? Jesus comes to bust all that up. And what is the ripple effect of that? Okay, the Good Samaritan the the Good Samaritan hospital. The first hospital was a Christian hospital. Why? Because we see the love of God and what He's done for us and spilled out His love for us. So what do we do in return? Because because He's loved us so much? We want to give back, right? We want to love back. Like we were filthy, rotten people laying in a ditch, too, and that Jesus picked us up out of that. If you Google Good Samaritan Hospital, you will get 700,000 results. Here in the United States, it's like almost every city in the, in the United States has a Good Samaritan Hospital, because that is the analogy, That is why a lot of hospitals are Christian, whether the public likes it or not. There are public hospitals in my city here in Everett, Washington. It's Providence Hospital. The only positive thing the Bible has to say about religion is that, uh, in James, the book of James, is that real, true religion is taking care of, of widows and orphans. You know, taking care of the sick is another one this is this is the this is real religion not walking around pointing the finger and and you know walking past the guy on the street because the good samaritan story okay the good samaritan a samaritan was a guy from the other side of the tracks okay samaritan's were not looked at highly in in religious circles they were the they were the edgy people they were the tattooed up people, the guy with the piercings walking by, you know, all these religious people walk by and this guy with a leather jacket and tattoos and piercings sees this guy laying in a ditch and says, hey, you know, let me let me grab you and I'll take it to, to get some help. OK, that was the Good Samaritan story. And that's the truth. I heard a guy a, a pastor talking about this he was going to seminary and he was really studying and and he was having a hard time and he stops at this place studying until 11 o'clock he goes to the Seven Eleven and he's all you know got his books on his mind and he steps over the homeless guy at the door and he's standing there and this guy's fiddling around trying to find his money and he's up at the counter and he's got a 18 pack of beer and you know he's buying a pack of smokes and and then he stops everything. And then this guy is like, he's like, oh, i got to get home and get some sleep. I wish this guy would hurry up. And this tattooed up guy with the leather jacket walks over. He buys a sandwich out of the uh, cooler. And he pays for it. And and this pastor, pastor and training guy, as he's walking out, leaving the store, kind of judging the guy with the leather jacket for buying the beer and the smokes and, you know, taking too long. And he sees him hand this homeless guy that he stepped over a sandwich right okay that's not religion there that's the story that Jesus was trying to get us to understand and I talk about karma and the church doesn't get a pass on this someone asked Pope Benedict you know if he's coming to the United States if he would meet with some of the, the the survivors some of the the victims of the childhood sexual abuse scandals from the Catholic Church and he declined all right he declined He's going to walk on by, the guy laying in the ditch. Okay, I I don't respect that. I'm sorry. I don't respect the Pope Benedict. Sorry. (laughs) I, I can respect some of his other things. He's a sinner. He's a broken man. He's a filthy rag. Just like the Dalai Lama. All right? Dalai Lama is not his holiness. He's a human being like the rest of us. And he's broken. So I don't hate the Pope. But uh, but I'm just saying that this is the kind of thing in religion that I just cannot stand. It's not love. It's not God. It's not Christ being reflected through the Pope there. Um, This guy uh, I listened to in, in Texas, Matt Chandler, one of his vision statements of his church. He's going through them. And, and one of them was uh, one of his prayers, and this is my prayer for you as well is that we would understand that discipline rarely brings about love, but love, understanding and realizing love, always brings about discipline. Okay? You're going to have to get over yourself to love, and, and understanding that love just it starts to flow out of you. You no longer have to just force yourself to, you know, white-knuckle it. You start to understand you start to see love. You start to smell love. You start to taste love. You start to realize that your heart, your heart, the, the flesh that's trying to choke out your heart, that you remain steadfast. That your heart becomes die hard. That you will not let your flesh start to take you over. That you will be die hard. Love moves in and your heart becomes die hard, man your flesh, you start to see what's important in life, You start to see the things that are really important, that maybe not, you know, not getting that corner office or that next promotion, or, you know, maybe that next, uh, that next orgasm just doesn't become that, that important anymore. When you really understand and visualize and see love. And I know some of you've been hurt, man. I know some of you've been hurt by love. And I know that that's, those are wounds that you have to mourn out. And that's part of your recovery too. But don't stay down. Get back up. Get back up and remain, you know, get back up and and remain steadfast and let your heart be diehard. It's been knocked down. It's been beat up. I so want you to see victory. I so want you to walk in this victory. And that is why I'm starting a new segment on the show, which I have music for. Here you go, the new segment called Die Hard.
1: As die hard as they come.
0: People facing courage, people not ever quitting, people getting back up. Die Hard, people die-hard hearts. First guy I'll say is a guy who's emailed me a number of times. I've had a relationship with this guy over the last couple of years back and forth with email. Uh, he's got a year without using pornography. My hat's off to you, brother. Rebuilding his relationship with his wife, slowly but surely. This guy is awesome. This guy is die-hard. This guy is fighting the fight.
1: You. As as they come.
0: Another guy named John, fighting the fight, getting out there, clinging on to some of the stuff that I've said about groups, about community, about doing this thing right. Started a small group in his church, getting one of those uh, up and running. Awesome work, dude. That's die hard That's awesome. That's that's making, putting out that ripple effect, knowing that there's other people out there that are struggling with what you're going through. And, and picking it up, man, you doing that is awesome. My hat's off to you. Thanks for being
1: diehard. You are as diehard as they come.
0: Hope I'm getting to everybody here, but uh, there's hopefully there's nobody I'm forgetting. Um, there's a female listener, Miss S. Uh, dealing with this addiction she 's dealt with it for a number of years, lost her father uh heartfelt heart wound there and and struggling with this addiction got got an accountability partner at her church and uh i'm i 'm proud of you i'm 'm glad you 're doing that you get getting it out of you, talking to somebody outside of you. She, she's been working on this for a year, got rid of the webcam, got rid of all that stuff, not into the relational type of chatting stuff, but is still fighting the porn, and then that's good, and I pray that you keep continuing to fight.
1: You are as they come.
0: Die hard. I'm, I'm glad you got that die hard heart, and you keep working, and you keep fighting, and keep moving forward. Um the healed addict his blog is on my website uh go to asi247.org click on the links page and his blog is on there he is a guy in the uk and he's starting a group in his church in the uk where you know dealing with sexual addiction bit of a pioneer over there in this issue i'm i'm my hat's off to him i i want to help with any kind of group information i can um for those of you who are Christians and churches starting uh, maybe a group recovery group, um, I I'm just I love uh, celebrate recovery. Okay, if it's done right, if it's done biblically, if it's based on the the B attitudes in Matthew five, that's awesome. That's uh, a great place to start. So starting people starting groups, people fighting this thing. I uh, got a recent email from a guy named Brad. Okay, this guy just said, hey. I need some help I've been I've been in in recovery for 10 years SA it's not helping I'm stuck still man I need help And, and and just that email. Just something like that. Anybody. Man, if you're struggling with this and you've never told anybody, email me. For all of you who who I'm the first one you've told, man, that that's getting on the treadmill, okay? That's not where you stop. Don't stop there. Keep going. But to you, I salute you. You're diehard. That's a diehard heart. You keep going. Keep remaining steadfast. Keep moving forward.
1: Never waver. Never falter. Remain.
0: Bunny else uh my email is Russ at Asi 247.org. Interested in more stories of victory, people who are fighting this thing, people who are getting her done, people who are, are really looking to leave the ripple effect of love, like the good Samaritan, not expecting anything in return. All right, being being like the farmer and not the nobleman with the horse. Um you don't know what I'm talking about, listen to the last show. Uh I just pray that we get hearts that are not all bound up in moralistic, white knuckling um, discipline, but but understanding that love, letting God's love fill our hearts, letting our family's love fill our hearts, and as that love expands, that discipline naturally follows. That it flows out of your heart, not out of your begrudging submission. That's when you're going to see victory. That's when you're going to walk in the light. Understanding that in Jesus we find the fullness and the joy of life through worshiping him and not his stuff. Through worshiping God and not God's stuff. That's when we see victory. That's when when the clouds and the fog starts to lift. My email is russ at asi247.org the website is asi247.org if you could leave a donation I would certainly appreciate it if uh, you want to leave let some of your money leave that ripple effect to keep this thing going to keep paying for the the hosting fees I pray that you uh remain steadfast i pray that you keep fighting i pray that you get this out of you i pray that you understand the ripple effect that that what you do that your friends your neighbors the people that you're going to meet and talk with today that every eye that you see that every person that you see today it means a, a huge amount to god that the stuff the successes the things in your life that that they're all going to perish someday that you're going to die, you're going to go in a box, and you can't take your stuff with you. And I pray that we realize the folks around us just making an impact, just understanding love, just reaching out, loving the people that are around you in your life, especially your family, men especially being dad, being husband. I'll leave you with a song by a band called Skillet. If you want to download any of the songs I play on the show, you can go to the website asi 247.org, click on the music tab, and you can buy the music off of iTunes from there. I encourage you to do that. I don't get a dime paid to me for that. Uh, it's just a way to promote the bands and to, to get a get a soundtrack for your heart a little bit. Looking for angels. Skillet. There you go.
1: To make a change, what would you do to help someone along the way? Just a touch, a smile, as you turn the other cheek. Pray for your enemies, humble yourself, love staring back at me. In the midst of the most painful faces, angels show up in the strangest of places. Angels show up in the strangest of places.
0: This week is prayer I want you to pray A guy named Philip Lancey wrote a book about prayer And he said that uh, God is not interested with your data Okay, he already knows your data God wants to have a relationship with you And he's interested in your heart Good, bad, ugly Pray to him about the things that are heavy on your heart today I pray that you can do that every morning. Set aside some time to pray. Get in there with God and just pray out the stuff, the struggles, the things that are on your heart. I pray that you do that. Pray to God. Pray, ask Jesus to heal you from the inside out. Ask him to touch the deep parts of your heart and your soul. Tell him about the things that are deep and weighty on your heart. Remember, life is 20% the stuff that happens to you and 80% what you do about it. Till next time, bye.